give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast, live and in color with John LaRocca. What's up, man? I'm excited, man. Uh, the budget for Fight Game <laughs> Fight Game Podcast has just increased, and I'm live and in studio. Yeah, yeah, we're in studio together, uh, and we will. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so let's just get going. But before we actually talk about what we are uh, planning for the show. Couple of other, couple of things. So, um, as I think everyone understands, sort of the podcasting game, which is you put your stuff on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, is what they call it now. And there's an opportunity for people to write reviews of the show. And the only reason, from what I can tell, for the reviews is that more reviews helps better with your placement and your search indexing. In so, there's two other podcasts that uh, that I saw called the Fight Game Podcast. They're both not even active right now. So if we can get more reviews than them, I think we'll get indexed a little bit better. So basically what I'm asking is for people who listen, just go to uh, to Apple, to Apple's uh, to iTunes and, and click on the podcast, find us. Just write a little five star review. You don't have to type a lot. Just help us get a little bit of ahead of the game so that people can find us better. Um also, uh, the YouTube channel, just wanted to update that. We have a YouTube channel <clears throat> called, uh, I think it's called Fight Game. It's called Fight Game Podcast, but the URL, if you go to YouTube, and then I think it's just backslash uh, Fight Game Pod, and you can find our YouTube channel there. So far, what's up there is uh, John and I talking about uh, WrestleMania and our Road to WrestleMania series uh, of segments. All three so far are are on YouTube. We are going to start adding our uh, raw reviews from 93 on there as well. So they won't be the full version of this podcast, which kind of go, you know, which goes out to listeners. But on YouTube, we'll have the segments that that we do will be on there. And I'm going to put a bunch of old stuff um, on there as well. So we want flair is going to be on there at some point. And the fabulous four that Duan and I do together will also be on there. And that leads me to the last thing that I want to talk about as far as, uh, you know, it, <clears throat> as far as promoting is um, you and I are going to record the next episode of We Want Flair very soon. It's going to be on Flair against Big Van Vader at Starcade 93. So that will be out at some point in the next week or so. And then Duan and I recorded the next episode of The Fabulous Four, which kind of wraps up the uh, the series. We're going to have one episode after this, which is the epilogue, and we'll kind of catch everybody up on on where we were. But Sugar Ray Leonard versus Roberto Duran, December 7th, 1989, mm-hmm. from um, The Mirage. We just, we just talked about that. And so that'll be up soon. So that's all the stuff that, that I need to, need to talk about. And we can get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, and we're actually going to start with George St. Pierre. 
So GSP retired this week. Um, I think the interesting thing about this story is that he actually wanted a fight again, and the UFC didn't want the fight that he wanted. So instead of finding another fight, he decided to retire. But before we get into that, I'm just kind of interested in your thoughts on uh, where would he be in like your top five, or you know, you're the best mixed martial artists since you've been watching. Like, how high would he be on your list? Oh, he's my favorite all time. Like, I just get pumped up for GSP fights. Like, it was a big, it was a big fight feel every time he fought. And I'm, I'm bummed. I wish, I wish he'd. I wish he can continue on. I feel like there's a lot of years lost when he was on his break, and which really four year break. Yeah, it's a long time, and it kind of. I mean, at the time when he did take that break, my fandom of MMA was still pretty high, but it did dip a little bit. And he was just always a class act and a great fighter, of course. Um, People that I know that know or know him or interact with him have always said positive, positive things about him. Being such a really nice guy and and doesn't like, you know, they never said he was didn't carry himself as like a, a big star outside of it. He's just a normal dude, and, and which 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 was pretty cool. I never got to meet the guy myself, but it's it's a bummer. But you know, hey, he's retiring. He's he's healthy. He's, he's uh you know he's not he's not fighting until he's just he's not just trying to make earn a paycheck. He's made a lot of money, so you know, happy for him. Have you ever heard the story from Oliver Cop? About the time when he was out with some of the folks from the figure four convention and GSP just randomly walked by them at a specific time that Oliver maybe didn't want him to walk by. <laughs> so as the story goes, and I'm probably not going to do this justice, but remember when the Iron Sheik had that uh, audio clip and he just went off, and he wanted to, you know, yeah. put Brian Blair in the camel clutch oh, and, yeah. and do something to else to him. <laughs> so this was, like, right during that time. And um, I think it was Stevie J, who some people who listen to this probably know. Right as Oliver was with these guys, uh, Stevie J just randomly voices the part that Iron Sheik wants to do to be Brian Blair <laughs> to the to to his backside like just, just kind of said it very powerfully out loud right as GSP was walking and Oliver Cop kind of had to make eye contact with GSP and go sorry man <laughs> like <laughs> crazy wrestling fans <laughs> oh man so uh so I think for me GSP was like right at the peak of me really learning about MMA and me really getting into it. Cause I remember, uh, cause what, you know, I think a lot of people did this, which is when you got into MMA, first thing you did was you're like, Oh shoot. Like I'm on UFC 47. I need to watch the previous 40 UFC shows that yep. I missed. And so if you're watching some of those shows on the undercard, you see a young George St. Pierre. And then, uh, there's a fight that he has with, uh, with Matt Hughes and he's doing pretty well in it. And then he makes a mistake, gets tapped out. And that was kind of like the moment where he was like, oh, I still got work to do. And so I remember those watching those fights. And, you know, I love Matt Hughes. So I was like, oh, you know, George is, George is really good. <laughs> like, at some point, George is going to be way better than Matt Hughes. 
And so, you know, George has the couple different fights and, um, you know, he's sort of back on that train. He gets the title shot. Uh, and, you know, he has the famous, you know, there's a couple of famous things in the ring, you know, where he's on his knees begging Dana White, you know, <laughs> and in, in his own, that, that was his charm, yeah, right? Like it yeah. was legitimately, that was real. And, and, and the, because he's got the accent and his personality, it made it pretty funny, but it also made it memorable. And then, you know, he's not impressed with, uh, with his performance and, and that thing. So <laughs> it's pretty pretty memorable from that time frame like there was i just remember you know being really into it and going like wow like gsp is about to be the man yeah and i think that's what i remember most about him was just watching that rise like he had the first thing where you know he loses and he's like oh shit like i i need, I need to improve and then he goes back and when he comes back he's like unstoppable mm -hmm. like he was just like you're like okay i'm watching you know i'm watching someone become great and I think that's my favorite moment was, you know, I, it's so hard because there's so many UFC shows on now that nothing really feels special. And so back then when there was a moment and a lot of it is because I hadn't seen that before. Right. And so when you first see that, you're like, wow, that was cool. And seeing the rise of GSP was one of my favorite moments in uh, watching UFC. I just think GSP also like why he was so great because like he went beyond, like, he didn't just rely on his athletic gifts. Like, he studied, watched film. Like, I one story I always remember is when he fought Dan Hardy. And great buildup, mm -hmm. Dan Hardy, great promo, uh, you know, great counterbalance to uh, GSP's, you know, his personality. And then, of course, GSP mauled him for, you know, five rounds. But he, at one point, he locked uh, Hardy in a submission. I think it was an arm bar. Yeah. And he cranked and cranked and cranked. And he couldn't get the submission. Dan Hardy survived, right? And then, like, immediately after the final bell rang for the fifth round, he got up to go talk to his coach. His coach like, why wasn't it working? What yeah. was I doing wrong? Like, instead of just celebrating a, uh, a, another victory, he was more concerned about his performance, why he couldn't tap out Dan Hardy. Yep. I remember that. I'm like, wow, that, that's why he is the great one, you know? And that's why I think he's the greatest of all time. And I hope a new GSP does show up soon because I definitely need someone to attach myself to to get my fandom back into MMA. Because I, I do miss MMA, but some, like today, like there's a show on today, the the Prague show. I started watching the prelims, but then I was like, eh, what's on MLB Network? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. That that <clears throat> that was rough. And eat. Well, let's actually finish the GSP thing, but I do want to go back to that really quickly. So, GSP basically says that. He went to the UFC, wanted a fight with Khabib at 155, and the UFC didn't want it. It's crazy. And Khabib wanted it. And so, like, my feeling is, like, GSP needs a challenge. He felt like that was maybe his last challenge. And who knows, maybe if he beats Khabib, then that sets up a Connor fight, right? But it was an opportunity for the UFC to further make Khabib and they just decided that, you know, it wasn't worth their, whatever reason, you know, Dana and GSP don't get along, whatever GSP vacated the middleweight title instead of defending it. But I feel like you have the older guy who's going to drain himself to get to a certain weight. Not to say that it's a hundred percent that Khabib would win. I, I think George would still have a pretty good chance, but if age and all those things that we know, 
you know, kind of catches up with guys. And this is now, it would be probably almost two years since he, he, he would have fought Bisping. Yep. I kind of feel like that's a way to put Khabib over on his way out in a, in a sense without it being, you know, obviously premeditated, but I just felt like that was an easy one that the UFC should have been like bending over backwards to make. You'd think that's a fight they would just sign right away because they're signing all these other fights left and right, these, you know, interim titles, et cetera. And in, yeah, in lieu of that fight, they go, okay, well, Khabib's not going to be back until November. And so we're going to put Max Holloway, the champion at the weight class below, <laughs> and he's going to face Dustin Poirier for the interim title. <laughs> It's just like there. It, this is like MMA hotshot booking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's boxing titles all over again. You know, like. But nah, I'm more interested in boxing now. So <laughs> go figure. So, uh, so the, just to go back to the show, the UFC show today, ESPN Plus. So they break the show down into prelims and main card. So you watch the prelims, and then the prelims end. And it forces you to get out of that channel and to go to the main card. Now, okay, I, I get it. But if you don't get out of that channel, it went to a basketball game. Mm -hmm. College game, yeah. Why didn't it just go to the main card of the fights? Yeah, was was does the main does the basketball game draw more? Maybe it does. I I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, uh, that was weird. Like from a. Well, they're they're big time invested in ESPN Plus, so they you know they had to go. They had their they had their strategy. Someone someone smart. See see the out. way the way that I see it is is that ESPN Plus is still so much small potatoes for mm -hmm. them for ESPN, like and so they don't they're they're not investing as much into that product because as a product, from an intuitive standpoint, that's so stupid because, you know I always say. If my dad was watching this, he would be like, "Where's the yeah. Where's the main? Like, what happened to the fights? Yeah, I know yeah. there's still three hours left of fights. Where's like, that main happened? event they're promoting? <laughs> so yeah, so no, I, I I I get it, I get it. Okay, so uh, so let's let's kick off our uh, our road to WrestleMania segment here. Uh, I wish we brought to you by something Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, the fabulous Moolah Battle Royal. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, Raw and SmackDown, I felt, was a little light on the progression to WrestleMania because there was no Becky Lynch on either show. Yeah, that was that was kind of funky, I thought. I, I know they're trying to do what they're getting on the suspension gimmick, right? Maybe that's what they're trying to do, but at the same time... <laughs> It's like the interest of the shows are kind of is down without without her on it, and so it's probably because they're building up to this Ric Flair birthday thing. Yeah, and she's got to show up there mm -hmm. and interfere, and you know, she showed up to the surprise party today. <laughs> That's would have been a great angle. <laughs> yeah, Rick Rick uh, had a lot of people. So there's a photo going around with uh, Jericho, AJ Styles, Booker T. There's a couple other guys in it. My, Rick might have been in it, and then Evander Holyfield, hmm. and I and I looked at that photo and I was like, "God, Holyfield's the one who drew the mo more money on than anyone else." Wow, that's true. <laughs> that whole photo. Um. So. Yeah. So they 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 kind of stalled the angle, and you know Charlotte did an inter in an interview on SmackDown, um, where she kind of kept things going, but you know nothing happened, and 
her boobs were bigger than ginormous. Whatever the word is, bigger than ginormous. That's what her boobs were in her in that blouse that <laughs> she was wearing on SmackDown. She's the man. She's <laughs> she's awesome, man. She's great. Um, and you know, Ronda Ronda did caught me off guard with that. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought when I saw her. I was like, "Oh my god, lady!" She looks she looked great. She always does. I'm like, "Lady, where did those come from?" Um, and then, Woo. and then, uh, you know, Ronda did her thing with Ruby Riot, which mm-hmm. was sort of a <laughs> improvisation based on what they wanted to do. Um, and so, you know, kind of didn't make sense because Ronda kills Ruby Riot on the pay-per-view. And then coming back, um, it, yeah, it, it, it was just weird. I just thought it was a, an easy fix to that would have been put Sarah Logan in that match. I think you should have had uh, Ruby with the arm brace after getting her arm barred the night before. And that uh, you got Sarah Logan looking for revenge for her, you know, for her teammate. I don't, I don't, and then Sarah Logan... Is is really good, very underrated, and she would have had a fantastic. I know Ronda did beat her a week prior when she beat Liv, and then she beat Sarah. But they could have done ways to make it seem that you know that Sarah can pull it out. Maybe she gets jumped from behind on her way out of the ring by Liv. Mm-hmm. So now she has a disadvantage, and then they have the match, and they could have a little longer match because that's why. I, yeah, it was kind of weird to see. I know, I know things were changed, or whatever, but like. It just was funky to have her, you know, kill Ruby Riot on the pay per view, and then have to go like, you know, fifteen minutes with with Ruby Riot again on Raw. It just yeah, doesn't really make sense. <clears throat> so we didn't really have a chance to talk about um, Elimination Chamber, and there's, I mean, there's really not a whole yeah. lot coming out of that show. But they did do the big angle with um, Becky hitting both Ronda and Charlotte with those stiff uh, shots. My gosh, with the crutch. Uh, and, you know, Rhonda's bloodied. She gets hit in the head. Charlotte's got bruises the next day. So, I mean, that was that was legit. They took a beating for that angle. Um, what'd you think of it and as, as far as, like, progression? Because, they, well, I'll just say what I thought, which is it's, it was cool, but then when you don't follow up on it on TV, I yeah. feel like it, like, just deflated it. Yeah, no, the angle was cool. Angle was great. Very brutal. It went a little bit too long for me. It got almost uncomfortable because, especially when I saw it, you know, when she hit her right in the head, right, you know, that shot to the head on Ronda was wow. But Ronda's a tough, tough, tough woman. So mm-hmm. I thought that I thought the angle was great. I actually thought the pay per view was really good. I actually, I really enjoyed that pay per view a lot. Like it was an easy watch. Mm-hmm. A lot of the matches are good. But yeah, not following up on it is totally deflated what they accomplished at the pay per view. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was. I mean, understanding that they had issues with that show, uh, as as Big Dave and I were talking about on Wrestling Observer uh, Radio on that Tuesday, they had real issues with the show, and segments had to be canceled, and you would think, like, I mean, obviously, Becky was probably not there, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, because she wasn't going to be on the show, so it's not like you could, like, call her up and tell her to get over here, but it was, it was just it was a little weird in, in how they usually do this stuff. Um, what did you think about <clears throat> the NXT call up? So Johnny Gargano, Ciampa, Alistair Black, and Ricochet, they all come up sort of unannounced, uh, not really teased at all. Uh, and they just show up and they got they have matches and they're just there with no real explanation. I didn't like the execution of the call ups. Um, my theory 
regarding the call-ups is that when Fox acquired SmackDown, they also mentioned that they acquired other properties mm-hmm. to air other properties of WWE. And then people are talking about a uh, UFC Tonight kind of mm-hmm. show with WWE. You know, it's going to be on like FS1 maybe. I think in the fall, I think NXT is going to FS1. I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're. I think right now, maybe the mindset is to start promoting these NXT guys on the main roster to get the casual audience because that audience didn't go crazy for no. these guys. They didn't really know who they were. So I think this is a way to kind of get the brand over because it's you know it's not it's a developmental system, but it's it's the third brand. Yeah, and and I, that's why I think it's going to happen. That's my that's my theory. Um, execution did not like it at all. Alistair Black should not be having a full match. He should have came out. I don't mind him doing something to Elias. Elias should have had his guitar, start, started giving people, you know, getting some cheap heat, about to sing a song, right? We got to hit his, hit his, hit his, uh, hit his chords on his guitar. Boom. Alistair Black's music comes out, right? He comes out, makes a long, they have a stare around. You know, you get a close shot of their face to face, right? And Elias is upset. It's like, what are you doing right interrupt me blah 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 and leads up to his don't you know this is like wwe stands for we walk with elias right before his we walk boom black yeah. mass knocks him out and that's it and you don't put him on the smackdown the next day because then it kind of it kind of defeats what you do the night before yep. even though he had a great match at andrade on smackdown i don't think they should have had that match i think they should have keep some on raw some on smackdown would be best um i didn't like the beating the tag team champions that they just wanted the next night on on Raw, even with Ciampa and Gargano. Um, I think these they should have vignettes with these guys. Um, the only one that was, I thought was decent was uh, Ricochet's debut. You know, I thought he he did well. He came off really well, and they put him in a segment where I thought he came off. You know, and he got the big win and looked good in that match. Um, I do think it's funny that. It's just, I mean, I like Finn Bauer a lot. You know, I kind of make fun of him that he's like Mr. Second Place because like, but man, they really book him. Like Vince sees him very specifically. Like if you really watch their matches, that you watch the match at Elimination Chamber, you watch the match on Raw. Like anytime he's in the ring with Bobby Lashley, Lashley eats his lunch. <laughs> eats his lunch, eats his lunch. And it's like he tags in Leah Rush. He, now he's on the offense, right? Yep. So interesting. But I would say just moving on Lashley though. He's been doing great. I mean, he's intense. I like it. <clears throat> I didn't... The thing I didn't like about Lashley was... So, Leo Rush loses the fall at Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. And Lashley's got to feign being upset. Mm-hmm. Take away the aggression. His upset face is the same <laughs> as his normal face. <laughs> like, he doesn't have an upset face. This is like the same stare... And then he just killed him. But I, I, I wish he was better at the facials and at the personality aspect of it. But I mean, he's but he's been doing this forever. He's probably never going to get better at it. I think he's been, but I think his work has been fantastic. I think he's like been looking really good. And I also want to, you know, a lot of people bag on WWE and this and that. But you know what? Give him credit. They told Bobby Lashley, drop that damn sweatband off your head. You look like a dork, man. <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned. Um, the NXT guys not getting like the greatest applause when Triple H comes out and announces them. Nothing really did except one thing. So he comes out, he mentions uh, Becky Lynch, 
modicum applause, which that surprised me. He mentioned Kofi Kingston, biggest pop. Yeah. On the Raw yeah. show coming out of Elimination Chamber. So, you know, we know we know that we we basically told this story when it happened, which is Mustafa Ali comes out of that match. They got to find a way to put Kofi in it. They basically put Kofi into what they were going to do with Ali. Mm. And I think that that was going to be Ali's role in the chamber to lead to the match at Fastlane with Daniel Bryan. So Kofi, taking advantage of that opportunity, is now in that spot. And the people love him because he's been around for so long. It's, I mean, it just shows you when something new, someone new, right? Yeah. People react to it. So uh i i really liked the chamber match i knew exactly what they were doing like i i did like how lots of fans thought he was gonna win that match yeah that was great and you know i'm telling people i'm like kofi's gonna get a bunch of near falls brian's going over that's the story they're gonna tell and as that match goes on people are believe oh kofi's gonna win kofi's gonna win and he didn't win and maybe maybe in a you know, if you do that again, maybe he does win and, and you get that feel-good moment. But they're on their plan. They have their plan for WrestleMania. Uh, and now it's Kofi against Daniel Bryan at uh, Fastlane, which I think people are going to be interested in. I'm interested. I you know, you know, Now, does Mustafa Ali get get the same reaction as Kofi's getting? No, because Kofi's been there longer. He's an established star. He's a popular star with a popular group of people. So I think it, just, it was just a nice... A good recipe that just can't came out and people got behind and and Kofi's a you know people that always they always liked him so and they had a good match and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the match anyway with, with Daniel Bryan and a match with Kofi it's gonna be they're probably gonna have the match tonight yeah I, I will say that if it was Ali I think it's just as good I, I think the wrestling is probably a little bit better but the thing that you're right about is the fans don't really see him like that yet. At that level, yeah. And it would what, what that was is going to be, it was going to be Daniel Bryan's way to get him up there. He didn't have to do that with Kofi because Kofi was already seen in, in, in a little bit higher of a light. So he didn't, you know, he didn't need to. But I do think like that was going to be sort of Daniel Bryan's like project, right? Like I'm going to yeah. get this guy so that the people actually believe he's going to beat me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Daniel can get Ollie over. I mean, Ollie's an exciting guy. He's good. He's a good good athlete um but without that 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 history of the fans you know i don't know if it gets that that peak but it would have been still been a great match i wonder if the fans if, if this would have happened the fans been a rejected ollie because the wd's pushing ollie <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> right yeah. right no they'd be oh this is great this is the best well, it's the same thing they do with Roman reigns and everyone else mm-hmm. guys get over it people so uh what do you think uh, it doesn't sound like ali or kofi is going to be Daniel Bryan's uh, opponent at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, do you have a sense of where they may be going? I don't, actually. I do not. And this was kind of right now, Daniel Bryan's title runs a little more interesting to me because there's no clear path. So I'm actually a little more interested in SmackDown these days. So, I mean, who would you go with? I'm trying to think of guys. I mean, there's there's always you go back to AJ, if there's a reason why, but we've already seen a couple matches already. Um uh, I thought Samoa Joe looked fantastic in the Elimination Chamber, and, and he like, loses. And he's all yeah, and he's but he's always like looks great, and you think he's gonna be a killer, and like and then he just kind of goes back to like in the mid card heel thing. Um, Randy Orton's Bayface. I'm not a fan of Randy Orton's Bayface. He's a great heel, but they would have a hell of a match. 
So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe Ray Ray. So we, we talked about Ray and Andrade and Ray, you know, being in maybe like a number one contenders match and then mm-hmm. Ray winning and then he gets to face Daniel. But what uh, I think it, I think Dave reported that from what he's hearing is they want to bring someone back either from injury or who hasn't been with the company oh, in a Kevin while. Owens. That I mean, Kevin Owens is one of them. They're putting him in vignettes. The you know, which I don't get. Fat guy vignettes. Is like, this fat guy vignettes? I, I don't did? know. He's like eating pizza and bowling. Like, I guess so. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know how that is going to help him in any way. But it can't be anything. Sami Zayn. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't see him as that kind of guy either for that spot. But then well, again, if I mean, but if Kevin Owens comes back as a babyface, you're gonna have Sami Zayn as his, his sidekick still. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know who Batista. Batista, I I mean, from what it seems like, is Batista wants just the match with Triple H so he could retire. Mm-hmm. And maybe he gets it still. Who knows? I you know Triple H is still coming back from that from that uh, torn pack. Torn pack. So Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't what know do you think about that whole situation with Starcast and Undertaker and Funky. People are going crazy online. <laughs> AEW's AEW's taking over the world. <laughs> they got the Undertaker. Someone's like, "Can oh, the best one I saw was like, can someone finally book Undertaker versus Sting?" It's like, oh, thank Sting, goodness. Sting. Sting's not gonna wrestle again. Sting wants to live a good life, exactly. quality of life for the exactly. rest of his life. Uh, yeah, the Undertaker thing is funny, and you know what's interesting is. I would imagine Vince desperately doesn't want Undertaker to do it. So he's probably like trying to figure out ways to get, you know, to get out of it. But if you're uh, Starcast and, and Conrad, that's like the buzz is like yeah. Taker. Like that's yeah. like, you know, if you if you pull him out of that, you got a bunch of disappointed people who spent a lot of money to get those Starcast bracelets. Um, it could be John Cena. Could be Cena. Um, you know, I'm just trying to think, but you know, I I still like to see Undertaker, Strowman have a match. I think I think Strowman needs something. You, you know, you know, it'd be funny if it was John Cena. It would basically be Daniel Bryan giving him shit for not marrying his sister-in-law. Oh, that'd be great. They mean, yeah, they that they could play a lot of that stuff about love and how I'm a, I'm a real you know <laughs> exactly. like good guy and you know i i go i fall through my commitments and all yeah he could do, they, they could do a lot of creative stuff with that I'm, that actually I, I i would actually like to see that if it was cena that like that would be the, a great storyline yep. to, to do uh, okay so uh it looks like one of our uh predictions came a pay-per-view early <laughs> because mandy rose beat asuka on smackdown yeah. and uh and it looks like they're leading to fast lane we we had talked about sort of Mandy being maybe the mania opponent, but you know they're they're doing it a little bit early. I, people didn't like that match, and I'm not saying that it was a classic, but I thought it worked for exactly what they were trying to do. I thought they got the point across, yeah. like what they wanted, um, got some buzz, a little bit of buzz behind it. I didn't see anything wrong with it. I think they just everyone just thinks Oscar's just a killer and she should just destroy everyone. But you know she has to have some kind of give and take to build up her opponents. So, you mentioned Elimination Chamber. Um, we can kind of go through a couple of the matches, but um, having two chamber matches, they've they've been they've been doing this for a while now. The men's chamber was obviously a really good match. Good call putting that at last. But the women's chamber, 
I thought uh, while it had its moments, there 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 was a middle piece of it that was uh, a little tough. But the, mm, the yeah. end of it, maybe a little beginning and middle. <laughs> but the, it was it was I, I tweeted that like the begin the whole first ten minutes was like synchronized swimming. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't starting off good. But I thought the at the end at and the that's end the most it was good. Yeah, that's that's the most important thing. And at the end, you know, have some kind of momentum going. You know, having a good match going out. So I thought that I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. And so um, it looks like Sasha and Bailey are also going to be defending those titles in NXT as well. Like they were. Like I I know it was they were they were going to be Raw. Uh, and SmackDown defend, but then I saw that they maybe showed up on the NXT taping. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, huh. that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know who they'll who they'll be wrestling at WrestleMania, but probably pre-show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I guessing. Know, I know. Uh, but I, I like the way that you know they. It felt like a meaningful win when when they because that, that's kind of the worry with those kind of belts is, and this is why I wanted Nia Jax and uh, and Tamina to win, which is. At least Nia is somewhat protected against doing tons of jobs, mm-hmm. and it being on Sasha and and Bailey, they aren't often protected that well. So, but we'll see. I I, I would love to see like um, Trish and Lita come back for WrestleMania, and then they defend against Trish and Lita. That'd be, I think good. That'd be cool. That'd be good. I mean, those are, those are a lot of big talk. Was that the first people that win the title was supposed yeah. to be Lita yeah. and Trish? That, that was that was the talk when that uh, I think like after what? Evolution. I got. I, I mean, when I saw the match, and I saw the angle, and I saw SmackDown. I've been wanting to ask you, what'd you think of? Uh, I've been holding off till we do the podcast. <laughs> what'd you think of the uh, Miz and Shane stuff? Hmm. I think that I'm glad. Well, I'm glad they didn't break up yet. Mm-hmm. But I think breaking up at the next show yeah i think so too and especially I, with the dad yeah. all that stuff involved yeah i think the dad is gonna like you know do something and shane loses the match or something it was kind of funny because i'm watching i was watching them in the chamber you know i didn't i get a chance to watch it do you you know i had something else going on that day so i had to watch it later that evening but um uh when they came out for their entrance I kind of got right just for some reason in their entrance. I got you know what I'm with Garrett on this. I want to see them stick together mm-hmm. for a long time past Mania, even though I do believe they're gonna have a Mania match. That's what it's set up for. I just think it'd be interesting if they can become this great tag team, you know, and for a good like six to eight months, and then you do some kind of an yeah. angle. But yep. but yeah, I it's, I thought it was kind of. I wonder if Shane's the one that's going to heal. It, well, I think what we heard originally. Coming out of what was it? Coming out of Rumble, there was one show that they were going to do, where part of the push for Fox was that Shane was going to be in this like amazing. Actually, it was it was uh, after the um, Saudi Arabia show where he wins. Remember, he won that the crown trophy. Yeah. yeah, and so the idea was that they're just going to push him super hard as like this dick heel, <laughs> and then they went away from it. So may so maybe if he does maybe then that's kind of kind of leading into the fall for for Fox or something. That's what I just kind of think like I think everyone just assumes sucks as a babyface. He does. Like I got. I mean, I don't really get into the sympathetic stuff with him losing and and, and it was kind of funny. Like the Shane, like just go home, man. Just go home. Like where's he gonna go? <laughs> like he's like he's just not gonna leave right now. I don't know. It just seemed kind of goofy, but. Uh, but they had a they had a good match with the Usos. I thought that match actually uh, exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it was it was good. I, I was, you know, because uh, 
one of them had, had gotten arrested. I was going to say, it's okay now to <laughs> confront cops and uh, you'll still be rewarded. Well, I, I was like, gosh, you know, um, poor, uh, poor uh, Carmela, mm-hmm. uh, you know, supposedly is now with um, Corey Graves. And from what I understand, they made an audible so that she, her team lost first so that they'd be out of the match. And then the Usos, something actually really bad does happen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they win. I was like, "What the hell's going and on?" And all the drama with Naomi, and then he got kind of all on the same team together, which I thought was <laughs> I thought was pretty pretty funny. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't really comment on Carmella and Corey Gray's stuff. It's it's. I mean, it's, 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 it's just it it's just we don't know what it is. It's just yeah. out there in the social media because of his wife, who supposedly he's been separated from. So yeah, yeah. It's ch- drama on the social media drama, man. Mm-hmm. Something that did good, but if Corey Graves and Carmelo good on Corey Graves, some. <laughs> Uh, okay, so before we move out, out of the road to WrestleMania, you know, like I said, there wasn't a ton this week, but um, if you're NXT and four of your best guys are on Raw and maybe even on SmackDown if they're going to do both shows, how do you book them on NXT? Well, they still got a lot of angles leading up to MSG, the next tapings next week, I believe, or something like that. They're going to start in the last, next three weeks of build, final build to NXT TakeOver New York. So <laughs> it's going <laughs> to it's going to be interesting. I, I, they're they're going to I don't I don't on the main roster is going to look funky because I don't think they really have a, that big of a plan other than just give them some exposure. But at least when it comes to NXT TV, they'll be presented, you know, well, correctly. Gargano and Ciampa are partners on Raw mm-hmm. SmackDown, and I know they're, uh, you know, they're not enemies at least on the current version of NXT. Were, but there is a little bit of like tension, tension between them. There was uh, just uh, just announced that they're going to be in the Dusty Classic as a team. DIY mm-hmm. re- reunites, which kind of sucks because I think they kind of. Ruin that special moment for fans that are really into that, like that that story of them, like to and threw them on Raw mm-hmm. to reunite, which I thought that was kind of goofy, but uh, but yeah, I, I think we're gonna see it's gonna be a lot of head scratching stuff with the NXT guys on the main roster and until they finally decide or announce what they're gonna why they're having there, yeah. Because if you do remember, like my theory is, like I said, they're gonna go, they're gonna announce NXT to FS1 or something like that, mm-hmm. right. I, is that an exclusive, or is this just something you think? I just don't. I just think. I just this is my little theory. And then I also because they were also really like, I know they always promoted guys from NXT, gal, the gals from NXT, right when they come up. But they really, they really pushed the brand NXT on Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So they really focused on it. So I think they really do want to get that more out to the masses. And that's I just like I said, I think uh, it's going to be on uh, FS1. All right, so that ends the Road to WrestleMania segment, uh, and you know we'll be back with that segment up until the week of WrestleMania. So other WWE news, which had just sort of came out in the last couple days, is uh, Ty Dillinger had asked for his release, and it sounds like they okayed it, and they released him. Hideo Itami, who we'd been talking about for a while, uh, I think um, Fightful.com uh, had 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 the first story about him requesting a release and as WWE gave Hideo Tommy his release. And then TJP was also released this week. So three guys who, I mean, uh, they're going to be headed to, to different places. Probably. Do you sense that, uh, 
this doesn't sound like a house cleaning. It sounds more like people who were maybe unhappy and WWE was just like, fine, if you're unhappy, then, you know, we don't really have anything for you anyways. Um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think people were unhappy. They want to, you know, do something else, maybe see what they can get themselves over and come back, right? Make make themselves a bigger player for and come back to WWE. I think some people are. I think and then if they do ask for a release, I think WWE's like you know we are. They normally do some sort of a house cleaning after WrestleMania usually. So maybe they just kind of got the ball started with. Uh, yeah, maybe 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 Dillinger was on their list. Yeah, already or something. Yeah, I mean Dillinger, I think he's gonna be fine. I think he's gonna be interesting to see what he can come up creatively because he can't be the perfect ten. Mm-hmm. He can't be obviously Ty Dillinger. So he, I mean, he's really good friends with Cody Rhodes, and um, he's, you know, I could definitely see him going to AEW, and that, and that would be cool to see because I would like to see what is not only uh, his Ty Dillinger, Sean Spears' uh, uh, creativity, how he can get himself over, but also how AEW can help get him over as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, from what I understand, the the TJP thing may not be similar. Uh, it, it may it may be something completely different than 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 why Ty and Hideo are gone. But I think that story, if it comes out, will probably come out at some point uh, soon. But um, so what? Uh, Atami going back to Noah. Like, what do you think? I know a lot of people are saying like just people like New Japan, New Japan, and there's a chance. I mean, definitely there's always a chance. Like New New Japan has a lot of money; they can definitely offer him a lot more money than probably Noah can. But Noah also just got bought out by a new company, so I would think those owners, new owners, want to make a big splash and they would want to like bring back uh, such a, a a main event guy like Kenta was for Noah in their history. And definitely help their attendance. So, I, I'm still saying Noah, but there's I'm saying 90% Noah. Mm-hmm. But now there's like for me there's like a 10% chance that it could be New Japan. And it, it would make sense because you know they they lost a few guys. They they could have. yeah they need they you know they need to get. I mean I know they're not doing they're not hurting right now, but like you know a good name to freshen up the the top of the card. So Arn Anderson was also let go, um, and. I think a lot of people kind of put two and two together and they're like, okay, well they added Jeff Jarrett, they added uh, hurricane Helms and they added abyss all as agents. And so do they need that many, you know, that whole thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, Arn's gone. And originally I thought it was Vince punishing Arn because undertaker and flair doing Starcast, and Arn is also doing Starcast, mm-hmm. And so I thought it's like, okay, well I can't touch taker. Can't touch flair. I can touch Arn. And I mean, maybe it had something to do with that, but it, I mean, it doesn't sound like that was the, the major issue. Yeah, no, I, th- I mean, I'm sure there's a, maybe some other things going on, but, and, but if you look at it as like just business standpoint, like, you know, Arn has been there for a long time as an agent, and you when you bring these new agents in, you want some new ideas, mm-hmm. some new you know. So maybe it's like changing it up, like like I said on our 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 five game uh blog uh, Facebook page. Like it's to me, it's just like changing up the the hitting the hitting coach and the and the pitching coach. You know, you gotta kind of change things up to get some new. But a lot of times when you change the hitting coach, it can be good, and the pitching coach, it's because you don't want to change the manager yet. But the manager is really the one that you got your eye on. True. Vince not True. gonna fire himself. No, 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 no. no. But, 
But we'll see. We'll see how the new agents play out. You know, we'll see how Hurricane Helms does uh, after he's not put himself over. Um, we can, <laughs> we can, uh, you know, maybe he's can talk, talk to guys about some good matches. <laughs> Do you sense that uh, there could be more of the older? I, I don't even know who the older agents are, but oh, Mike Rotunda, Dean Malenko, like I don't. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised though if if we heard about Mike Rotunda or Dean Malenko. You know, not that not that I want them to get fired or anything. I'm just saying, like, it's just I can I can see the change out. You're, te- you're teeing these guys up to work for AEW though. And that's fine. I think they would. I think Arm would be fantastic with AEW. Cody already put him over the second that that news came. Yeah, out. Yeah, I think that would be great. And I hope I you know I hope he I hope he if he can Arm still continues and wants to be work and be on the road. I think also their schedule is going to be lighter, mm-hmm. as Tony Khan said in the interview with you and Dave, like. Like they, you know, maybe that. If you want to have, if you want to have a high work rate league, you yeah. can't be running yeah. these guys out. Every I, week. I, I, I did, I did like that. I did like that Tony Khan said about that. But you know, Arn can doesn't have to work the 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 long schedule WWE is and with AEW. So I hope so because you know, big fan of Arn growing up. So you know, that'd be great. So moving on, uh, someone who you are pretty close to, um, Jungle Boy. I don't mean personally, but as far as his career is concerned, uh, Brian Alvarez of <laughs> Figure Four Online and Wrestling Observer fame has had his eye on Jungle Boy and tweeted that uh, he was going to watch a match that uh, between Dave Dutra and Jungle Boy that happened in San Jose. And then that kind of kick-started a little bit of back and forth in, on Twitter. Uh, there's an APW show coming up at the end of March. Uh, Jungle Boy doesn't have an opponent. You had tweeted out that you know maybe you know maybe there's an opportunity there. Uh, what, what what do you think of this whole back and forth between Jungle Boy and Brian? Yeah, I think it's great. Brings you know they want to go at it. Let them go at it. Not you know talk to Marcus and let's say there'll be a, a big announcement coming up soon. So we may we may see something there. That'll, so, be, that'll be fun. Get your tickets. March thirtieth, APW does it. Sh- is it uncensored? Is that the- uncensored? Hashtag uncensored, and uh, you can go to the event by go to Eventbrite and look up all pro wrestling and get tickets for that. And, and it's gonna be a loaded show. We got SCU. Um, we got a couple other surprises we haven't announced yet, but uh, definitely check it out. So, so it's SCU against the Scum and, and Jacob Fatu. Fatu. Yeah, so we. Should be a barn burner, you know. On paper, it's gonna. Be, I think, and then those guys will deliver because. Uh, and if a new fan out there hasn't, you know, hasn't seen Jacob Fatu yet, like definitely go and check him out because he's something special live and one that you kind of leave remembering. Mm-hmm. Especially if he hits the moonsault. Yeah. Uh, the scum. There, I saw something that they may be on TNA or yeah, they did. They just did a. The the Sam's Town tapings in Vegas, so yeah, good for them. All right, so there was another uh, there was another big show in Japan. It was the Giant Baba Memorial Show. Yeah, and the main event was uh, Tanahashi and uh, uh, Yoshitatsu yep. a- against uh, Mihara and. Sakamoto. Sakamoto. Yeah, that's Sakamoto. Yep. So I watched it. I got to watch it today, actually. And uh, you you know the story of, of this stuff a lot better than I do. I, th- I mean, I thought it was a really fun match. But uh, Miyahara is kind of like uh, Tanahashi. Like, that's kind of like his hero. 
I don't, I don't, that I don't know, but like I, I just as it rolls, you know, an all Japan. This is all Japan show, yeah, honoring Giant Baba and Abdul the Butcher, who his retirement ceremony, yeah. or, and so. But Miyahara is the like equivalent to Tanahashi in, all, in New Japan, right? So he's the, the reason why I say that is because he was like doing all of his poses and yeah, doing the yeah. guitar stuff, and yeah, I well, you know that. Miyahara came up with Kensuke Sasaki. That was who trained him, and mm. and then he came up with uh, Nakajima, and then and then he ended up going to All Japan, and they made him the ace, and he's been fantastic. And I think what was cool about this match here is I think got a lot of eyes on All Japan, which is good, and they got a lot of people to, on Kenta Miyahara, who you know I've been watching for the last few years, and he's I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And they had a good match. I gave it four. I think I gave it what, four stars, mm-hmm. I believe. I, you know, like. A lot of people were like, that was the greatest match and all the stuff I saw. Then I watched it. I was like, yeah, it's great. It was fun. But, you know, I, I can't go higher than four. Yeah. But I really liked the exchanges uh, um, between Tanahashi and Miyahara. I like the exchanges with Sakimoto and Tanahashi, too. And um, and I hope people earn some... Uh, Ta- Yoshitatsu got some people's respect again. Because remember, like, we're in Long Beach and they're booing the hell out of him because he's, like, yeah. a WWE guy. Yeah. And, like... It was, is there any relationship to why he was the tag team partner? Well, it was funny because in uh, All Japan... Uh, Miyahara and Yoshitatsu are tag team partners. Oh. So I'm trying to remember if in New Japan, if Tanahashi and Yoshitatsu, well, he was basically there to do the job. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah, be yeah. honest. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was funny to see, and especially like Miyahara going really hard on Yoshitatsu because I'm like, wait, it's good. you know, it looked funny to me because I watch them all the time and they're tag team partners. But uh, Miyahara's awesome, man. Like, I, he can, I think he's one of the best classic champions because like, he can like go heel or babyface fast, mm-hmm. like, and he knows to read a crowd and play the role, and I I think he's one of the best, and and I was happy that Yoshitatsu did really well because like he's been doing really well in all Japan and yep. working really hard, and I just remember like him getting like kind of shit on like by the New Japan fans, at least the American New Japan fans, because like they just looked at him as like former WWE guy, and like he you know he's he worked really hard and and and, and he's a really good wrestler, and 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 when he went to New All Japan, a lot of people. All Japan fans were like, "Oh God, why is he here? And why is he getting such a big push? Why is mm-hmm. he getting put with Miyahara?" But you know, and quickly, he he won them over. You know, that audience. Yeah, so they uh, actually pretty cool because if you have uh, NJPW World, yeah. you get to watch that. Yeah, match. That was awesome. There was a couple other matches that they put on there. They put right? like five matches on there. I mean, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of a lot of the shows not really worth watching. A lot of quick short matches. I mean, unless you want to see Mil Mascaris do like uh, the world's worst. <laughs> Flying crossbody at age 76 years old. I mean, you can just find it on Twitter and a nice gif, and that's all you need to watch. But um, um, it's kind of cool seeing the, the battle royal was like the typical All Japan comedy battle royal. But uh, Joel Deaton was in there. Um, Outlaw Joel Deaton, who wrestled in All Japan, you know, Thunderfoot in the NWA days. And it's, I just, you know, it's just funny because, like, you know, on Facebook, you know, he's always like, always liking my stuff. And it's just, it was just kind of cool. And he's like, he's like working hard out there. I thought it was pretty cool to see. So before we get to our raw review, uh, there was something pretty interesting. I thought that uh, Richard Deitch he either tweeted it or he retweeted it. Basically, Anthony Joshua, hmm. who uh, who fights under uh, Eddie Eddie Hearns' Matchbox promotion, and who is very closely affiliated with DAZN was supposed to be on a lot of ESPN media, a lot of their shows. They call it the car wash when you bring in like a celebrity 
who kind of goes on all the shows that they do. They call it the car wash. So Josh was supposed to come in, do some media on ESPN. He's building up the big fight, Madison Square Garden against uh, Big Baby. Or no, is it they call him Big Baby? I think it's just Baby. Miller, right? Yeah, Baby yeah. Miller. Uh, big Baby's a basketball player. Glenn Davis. <laughs> Glenn, Big Baby Davis. Uh, so he was supposed to do that, and then all of a sudden it got canceled. And so sometimes it happens. But behind the scenes, they were saying the reason it got canceled is because DAZN and ESPN Plus <laughs> are competitors. And so Bob Arum and Top Rank, very closely affiliated with ESPN Plus, John Skipper, who is uh, on the board of DAZN, used to run ESPN. And so now it's just like this political warfare of media and like journalism and like covering people. Well, it's not all journalism because some of them are sort of entertainment shows, but you know, it's, I thought that, that, that's interesting. Like, you know, we talk about WWE and AEW, but like these boxing things are could because the money's a little bit bigger for the, for these fights. Like that, that's where like the real, like political where, where it's almost to this, to the point of where, Boxing will always be sort of around, and it'll always be, in some sense, uh, of a of a casual fan base will have some idea of it, but it will never peak because these guys will never work with each other, and mm-hmm. it's just sort of like if you're a box, if you're a fan of boxing, it's like, man, you know, I would love to see the sport grow, but it will always stay at a certain size because of stuff just like this. I'm just. And I can't believe you're, you're telling me this, that the media picks and chooses what they want to report and put over what they want to report. <laughs> that's a bummer because that's a big fight and a, at a big, in a, in a historic arena. And, and, you know, ESPN is sports news, right? I mean, they should cover it. Well, so. But entertainment. Petty, petty shit happens. Entertainment there. sports news is actually yeah. what ESPN stands for. Okay, so let's talk about Raw. Is this, are we at episode seven? Seven. Episode seven, Force Awakens. Um, so this, this show, I I mean, I'm, I'm entertained in just about everyone that we've watched. There's something entertaining on this show, but, uh, so the opening segment is Vince and Macho Man and Rob Bartlett as always, but for some reason, Bartlett is doing the worst Elvis impersonation ever. Now I will say it's bad, but I think it's supposed to be really bad. Like he's not trying to do a good one. And in within that, there is a charm to what he's doing. Cause I did laugh a couple times at some of his jokes, but I think it's like Vince is like, I know that this threesome isn't working. So we're going to try to do something with Bartlett to try to play to his strengths. And I would say this was my favorite Bartlett performance, but that's a very low <laughs> bar because he's oh not God. really enjoyable at all on this show. But I thought he was passable in this silly gimmick. Uh, but in some instances, it kind of took away from some of what they were trying to do. A lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's that's kind of the, the you know, them, them trying to get him going. And look, Vince is, you know, today's Vince would be like, okay, he's on the screen for 10 minutes. It doesn't work. He's gone. Like, we don't, we don't, we're not even going to wait. I, I mean, I, I totally forgot he did this and I probably did block it out of my mind, right? It's forever. But then I'm watching this and I'm like, oh man. I thought when, you know, 
later on what happened to him, like that would be it, and he'd be back to at least his you know normal <laughs> self. But he continued on through the whole hour, and, and and that was the only that was the only negative about the episode. Other than that, the 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 matches and stuff were good. I will tell you, uh, my favorite thing he's ever said on the show that actually popped me. We'll we'll get to it. Uh, so the show opens with Brett against Fatu, uh, who is who who becomes a bigger star as Rikishi, mm-hmm. and they have a they have a really fun match. But I thought I thought two things. Um, one, I mean, which is the obvious thing, which is the goofy interference and making the referee look really dumb. And <laughs> Fatu and Samu don't really even look like each other, and they're like doing this, you know, doing the twin magic spots. But the second thing, and I'll I'll let you talk about that because I know you have a lot to say about the match. The second thing, as I was wondering, is okay, you're Bret Hart, you're the champ, and you're the focal point of WrestleMania. But Hulk Hogan just showed up last week. Like, if you're Bret, like, what are you thinking? Yeah, you're thinking your spots in trouble. <laughs> you're thinking I might have my I might get blinded by salt and then put, have to be the dumbass. I said, no, go ahead, and, go ahead, Hogan, take the match and beat Yokozuna in 30 seconds and win the championship. That's why he's probably thinking, oh shit. But uh, you might be thinking a little subconscious, you know, his, you know, because because well, am I not getting over? Am I not drawing the houses? Because you know, all that stuff back then was very important. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still important now, but like. People really took that stuff to heart. Remember, Eddie Guerrero really took his title reign to heart when it wasn't drawn that well. Um, so yeah, it caused him like anxiety. Yeah, exactly. And so it's very important to be the champion, you know, and, and a lot of responsibility. So I'm sure he's definitely looking over shoulder at Hulk Hogan. Um, I thought the match was good. Uh, there was some interference was a little too long. There was uh, the, the the twin spot was kind of goofy because yeah, you get you know everyone has to be like stupid, right? Yep. But uh, the best part of the match was when I don't know what the hell Ur Hebner was on or what he was thinking or what he took the, the before the match or what. But, like, you know, Brett locks in the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. And then he floats over to go for the, you know, the referee, Ur Hebner goes, goes to the, make the call for the submission, but he starts counting one, two, three. <laughs> and then he, and then he, like, he just, and then he just brain farts, <laughs> and then calls for the bell. It was like the it was classic, and I don't remember this happening, but God, it was great. I had to rewind it twice because I was like, "Did that really just happen right now?" Did Did Vince stutter at all? Like I think he just kind of like paused, but then you can't just call out. You know, he didn't want to. Yeah, he didn't want to put too much fo- attention to because how stupid it was. I wonder, like at that point, like when he's counting one to three. I wish there was an audible on Brett or Fatu being like, it's a submission hole, yeah, you know, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, okay, so they immediately go to Mean Gene at the WrestleMania Control Center, and he announces the Mega Maniacs mm. against Money, Inc., but he announces it in the segment, uh, actually maybe even a couple segments before, that they actually come out. Um, don't, don't, yeah, they come out and they they talk about putting the titles on the line. So mm. Gene announces the match, and then later in the show, DiBiase and IRS talk about we're gonna put the titles on the line. Like we're fighting champions, man. And and that beefcake is the weak link. That's why they think they can. They and can then uh, also that you know they took something from them, but an asset, an asset from them, which I thought that was a really clever promo by Teddy Biase. Yeah. yeah. And then, but the asset is not gonna pay off. So, so here's our lineup. 
Mega Maniacs and Money Inc., Sean versus Tatanka, mm. Taker versus Giant Gonzalez, yes. Luger versus Perfect, and Brett versus Yoko. So they got five matches that they've announced, and those are the ones that they're uh they're kind of, you know, they're banking on. Like those are those are I mean, you add Hogan to the mix and like that pretty much cements your uh your the top of your card. Yeah, I remember just still as a kid thinking like, ah, this is like so weird seeing him just in a re- or a tag match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So a Bartlett makes a Joey Buttafuoco and Amy Fisher joke, which really puts us back in the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is exactly 1993 for sure. <laughs> what did you think of Crush's interview segment from the beach? I thought the timing was really well done by Vince, even though it was a you know t- yeah a pre-taped yeah. pre-taped uh, interview. I know, I mean, that, that forced Hawaiian accent, like, over the top. And like, hey, brother, brother, yeah, the brother, yeah, brother, yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, look it out in the sun and enjoy it. The weather's here, better here. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it was it was kind of typical, kind of old school stuff, you know, like crushing the coconut with hands and getting that over. But uh, but I didn't like him without a t-shirt. I thought he kind of, his body didn't, like, I would, I don't know. I he was never, him, like, cut, though. He's never a guy that was cut. Though. I would have put him in, guy. like, a... You know, like a tank top, tank top, or cut off sleeves or something, because he's still big, but his, his body didn't look. You know, he looked kind of soft, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, like, like I said, uh, I like Crush when he was like Demolition Crush. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, the um, Kool Aid Crush came out, and I was like, "What the heck is this? Why is he wearing pur- bright purple and orange? Like, this yeah. looks goofy." Bartlett makes the joke once he crushes the the coconut that uh, something like. It's got to be an easier way to make a pina colada or something like that, <laughs> which I actually chuckled at yeah. when he said it. So, uh, Doink against Coco Beware. WWE Hall of Famer Coco Beware, by the way. So, Doink wins with the uh, the old stump pull. Yep. So, Coco has uh, tight hamstrings. And uh, and uh, then, for whatever reason, like this was sort of like out of the blue, uh, Bartlett as Elvis just goes to interview Doink and like Doink has his little his little present or the box or whatever and he's got a pie in there and Elvis the whole thing about Elvis was how fat he was this was Bartlett's version of Elvis he's just fat and just wanted to eat so of course he wanted some pie and then he takes the the pie to the face now the joke that Bartlett made that made me laugh was he was talking about Priscilla Presley <laughs> and he was saying that he found her at a circus and that she was a sword swallower. So he got the blowjob joke right in front of Vince off. Um, I thought that was, I mean, uh, de- desecrating like a, a, a woman on TV. Not the best taste, but I thought it was funny the way that he did it. Um, so like you said, you would think that, okay, Bartlett, the shtick is over. He took the pie to the face. That was the whole thing. Nope. The rest of the show, he just has pie on his face and he's, Sitting there talking, and, to and all they're doing is making uh, making fun of him through the whole show. Mm-hmm. Vince and Marcho is just kind of keeping the joke up, and I was like, ah, "That's just frustrating." I thought the squash match was good though with uh, Doink and uh, uh, Toko. That was kind of his role back then. I think mm-hmm. he was on his way out of the door. I think <laughs> he actually ends up in uh, USWA in that USWA WWF kind of uh, uh, relationship. Uh, he doesn't. Is is he without Bird at this point? Did he already come out with the Bird? I don't no, even no remember bird. seeing the Bird. No Bird. He was just doing the high energy gimmick. So the next uh next match was Luger, Lex Luger, the narcissist Lex Luger against P.J. Walker. Now is this the same P. 
PJ Walker that yep. I'm thinking of. Yep, yeah, Justin Incredible and uh, Aldo Montoya. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked like he was like 19 years old. Yeah, really young. Yeah, really young. And it was a it was a good uh, good squash match. You looked look really good, and 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 uh, you know PJ Walker made him look really good. So especially those taking those uh, into those corner shots, you know, getting whipped in the corner, like that made those, that was really impressive. So the Luger gimmick is he hits him with the forearm, but the announcers don't quite know why he's knocking him out yet. Yeah, no, like, haven't really. I think it gets revealed like right after WrestleMania. So it's like, oh, you know, Lex is knocking these guys out, and then he goes and puts the pinky on mm-hmm. them to pin, and Vince says something like, you know, something about the forearm, but he he doesn't give anything away, but he just is sort of curious about it. I did like the uh, the segment with the mirror. And Luger holding up PJ Walker, saying this is what n- normal men look like, and then throws him to the side. This is a real man, or you know, I thought that was pretty cool. They're they're trying to show women in the crowd during the Luger segments because they showed the same Th- that woman one blonde twice. <laughs> she's in there twice, uh, and like she's she's like in both times they show her, she's kind of looking down, and then she realizes the camera's there, so she's got to like do something. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. I thought she was a plant at first, and then I was like, she's a horrible plant. But then I realized she's not a plant because she's looking down and not really reacting. Yeah. So Bobby is not there, but he does call in, uh, and uh, he he has a Priscilla Presley joke, too. She's, like, serving him food or something. <laughs> and then uh, we get to another, another uh, squash match, Steiners against Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy. Um, so this, this is really funny. And I think it was not supposed to be funny. I think <laughs> Macho just screwed up. So Macho is making fun of Vince for getting Rick and Scott mixed up. And as he's making fun of Vince doing this, he calls Scott Rick. <laughs> uh, they're still trying to find their legs out there, man. Uh, Scott hits the uh, Frankensteiner, so we get to the Frankensteiner. Yep. Uh, so that was cool. He 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 jumps a little early on this one though. Yeah, I thought I thought it it wasn't that bad, but it they look good. The squash is good. Uh, this is like peak Steiners with all their cool offensive moves. I uh, noticed Scott's not doing the uh, sit down uh, Tiger Driver, and he kind of just lets the guy. He does the double arm, brings him up for power bomb, lets him down because probably because his back is starting to yeah. starting to feel the pressure on his back. Um, I remember Dwayne Gil Gilberg, of course, later on. Mm-hmm. Came in with a tag and did this beautiful back body drop. God, that was so pretty, man. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know why those guys are always there and hired to do jobs because, you know, they make guys look good. Yeah, whenever Scott would do the Frankenstein a little bit early, he would end up like, I would just think that he's going to like land on top of his head, but he always like tucked like yeah, yeah. right at the end. So, I mean, that's the show. And, and the next next week, I think we're going to get... So, actually, you know what? the uh, I think the next week opens with a Hogan and Beefcake interview. So, we'll, we'll see them. We'll see them again. And it's kind of like, you know, we're heading right into WrestleMania season. I think it's only a couple weeks away from, from, this, uh, from this taping. So... Um, so and we're gonna are we gonna watch that and review WrestleMania? Oh my god, <laughs> that is a bad show. Well, we should do it. Though. I mean, but you've pro- you probably know that show up and back. I do remember that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny because like it's not my favorite WrestleMania, but we talked to our friends of ours and they're like, "Hey, that's one of my favorite WrestleManias." All that because they were like five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, out. yeah. Uh, okay, so kind of like some post, uh, you know, observer stuff that that was in the issue of this show of the week of this show. So the big story 
in WCW is um, basically they demote Jim Ross from being an announcer. And they want him to work in the sales department. Uh, he's got enemies there. And mm-hmm. with no Bill Watts, they can, the enemies can kind of take their shots at him. And so he doesn't want to do it. And he wants his release. And so, you know, it's Z, Z coming to WWF. Like, that's, you know, that's kind yep. of the thing. And he's trying to get his release. They won't release him. So that that whole thing's going to work itself out over the next couple of weeks. Um, so Scott Hall, who is going to be on WrestleMania, and Shawn Michaels, who has the Tatanka match, they're both hurt and just about out until the big show. Scott Hall had the knee surgery. I think we talked about it when we talked about the Brett match where mm-hmm. his, his knee was messed up. So he finally has the arthroscopic knee surgery. And I, I think his first back first match back is WrestleMania, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, but yeah, Michaels has a, has a separated shoulder. Wow. So he's going to be out until WrestleMania. Um, and then just the, uh, I mean, it's not that this really matters because I don't even think, was he on Raw, Berserker? I know he was on the Superstar. He was on the Battle Royal. Okay, okay, there you go. Yeah. He he's he's gone. <laughs> John Ord's gone. Berserker's gone. And then um and then Vince is so this is this is an air I mean, if you heard the show that I did with Dave on the Donahue, uh when Dave was on Donahue, like this is like scandal city for, for WWE around this time frame. So Vince sues nails, and the reason he sues nails is because Nails came, uh, Nails came to the back after a show. I don't remember which show it was, and basically assaulted Vince, <laughs> and then called the cops and said that Vince sexually assaulted him, like just weird. And so Vince sues Nails, um, and at the same time, Ultimate Warrior sues Vince. <laughs> so Warrior sues Vince for some back pays and some royalties, but also because Vince fired him and he's like, there's no real reason to fire me. And Vince's reason for firing warrior is he thought that warrior was distributing growth hormone (laughs) in the locker room. And warrior said, I only talked about growth hormone with Vince once. I only took it once or I don't, I don't know if he admitted it, but there was something around him not taking growth hormone or this not being true and he also said that he hadn't taken steroids since 1991. Yeah, huh? And he wants, and I think a lot of it is he wants to use the warrior name, yeah. you know, and, and other stuff as well. So Vince then sues Phil Mushnick at the same time. And this is because Phil Mushnick was behind a lot of the yeah. unveiling of the scandals, you know, with the with the uh, ring boys and you know the the Mel Phillips and and all that stuff. Phil, you know, was sort of the the person who'd who'd been um, putting that stuff out there. So then Vince sues Phil, and at some point, I think he's also going to sue Geraldo. <laughs> <laughs> but then those lawsuits get dropped, I think, because they just start investigating harder. And so as a way to say, okay, like I'll leave you guys alone, just leave me alone. I think he drops them. So that's come that's coming up and. Uh, it's there's a little bit of a sleaziness to the to the time frame of the business at this point. I'm sure there's a lot a lot of sleaziness. Now they really can't get away with all that stuff without getting it out there right away, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I think that is it. Um 
we uh yeah I, I think we got we got through everything that i wanted to get through so maybe doing it in person man would makes us speed up or something because we're like a half an hour shorter than the last show yeah maybe so maybe so <laughs> it was fun and fun to be back in the uh the old fight game blog studios fight game studios so uh yeah so uh so yeah so that's it so we'll be back next week and um you know more road to wrestlemania you know uh more Raws, episode eight and I'm just sort of uh, my anticipation for the next show is to just see if Bartlett is still there. Yeah, well, what's what's the episode? We should we should take a little bet right now. Like, <laughs> what's the episode that he's gone? I it's got to be soon, right? I'm gonna say episode. Does he does he last? Well, if if post WrestleMania, does he last to rest, past WrestleMania? Um, I'm trying try to remember. It's been such a long time, so it's been so much fun rewatching these shows. Yeah, so I'm gonna say episode twelve. He's gone. Mm. Okay, okay. I think I think it's a good that's a good prediction. Um, so yeah, so we'll be back next week. Uh, actually, because we recorded this on the weekend, next week isn't that long, so it'll be a few days, you yep. know, five days or whatever, and we'll be back for uh, for the next show. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.